the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. Welcome to the Free Indeed Podcast, where we believe in freedom, reaching everyone, everywhere. Here's your host, Mike Hansen. Welcome to episode 21 of the Free Indeed Podcast. My name is Mike, and my good friend over there that you can't see, his name is Kirk. How you doing today, Kirk? Fantastic. Fabulous. Absolutely fabulous. A couple of days removed from doing... 2,768 steps up the side of a mountain. I'm thinking I'm that doing it. That sounds okay. hard. It was, you know, it ain't easy. That's no, for sure. It's, you know, it ain't for suckers. No, no. You know, Manitou Springs, Colorado, baby. We invite anybody to come with us if that's a something you'd like to do. We happened to do it together the other day. Uh, this happens to be Thanksgiving weekend, and we happen to have a day off, the two of us, so we decided to do it. So, And we just happened to get to the top. We didn't happen to. We decided to, and we did it. Exactly. That's how it works. That's, that's actually a good concept. You don't happen to act. You never accidentally find yourself at the top of a mountain. You can actually you can accidentally find yourself in the bottom of a valley. Right. But you never accidentally find yourself at the top of a mountain. It always comes with effort, intention, and step by step. Exactly. Boom. Man, that was some wisdom right there. That just happened. Through. That's right. That just happened. Well, we're going to um, kind of get back to the format that I've been uh, doing with our podcast since we started, and that is um, I'll ask Kirk a question uh, and just keep on asking other questions related to the topic of the question. And um, for now, we're going to keep this up. I have some thoughts in mind. In fact, in a couple episodes, we're going to try a different approach with something else. So looking forward to that. Uh-oh. Yep. Well, I see you don't expect it yet, no. um, but you sort of do because well, in the real we world time... Anyway, you ready for today's question, Kirk, for this episode? Nope. Too bad. Okay. All right. Going to face that mountain anyway. All right. Let's climb it step by step. All right, then. Hey, Kirk, how has counseling helped you in your freedom? How has counseling helped me in my freedom? Man, let me tell you something. I got more baggage than uh, than an airline terminal in my life, man. I got so much junk in my trunk, man. It ain't even funny. Um and I, I got a lot of stuff, a lot of things that, that, that happened, you know, when I was young and translated into my adolescence and into my adulthood and, you know, just a lot of things, man, that, um, you know, it was just wounds that I had um, and things that I had done instead of confronting that, those wounds and dealing with those wounds, I medicated those wounds. And, you know, in the process of medicating those wounds, I got really good at covering up those wounds and and compensating for those wounds in some very unhealthy ways. And, uh, and either way, I never confronted those things. And so, you know, there were a couple of times that I sought counseling, maybe even some times where I sought counseling, but sabotage counseling. Um, one uh, specific example of that being at one point, my ex-wife and I wanted to, well, she wanted to go to counseling. I didn't want to go to counseling. I'm actually being pretty transparent here. It's going to get kind of serious, but she wanted to go to counseling. I didn't because I didn't want to deal with it because if I went to counseling, I'd have to kind of confront uh, my life. I'd have to confront specifically my medication, my habit. I would have to confront the fact that I was using porn to cover up my life. And so I really didn't want to go. I didn't really want to do it. So I was not only mailing it in, but I actually got to the point where I sabotaged counseling. And, you know, full disclosure, I... You know, we were going to counseling and, uh, you know, one day I kind of came up with the idea and I said, well, what if I could squeeze her out of the picture? 
And so I brought it up to her and the counselor, and I kind of said, you know what, I think I need to deal with some stuff kind of by myself in counseling. You know, I think I have some individual things that I needed to deal with, which was true. But, you know, at the same time, it was pretty much manipulation on my part because um, once I kind of got her out of the picture and started to do counseling on my own, you know, after a couple different sessions, basically, I just kind of stopped going. I just canceled an appointment and then just put it off and put it off and put it off. And, of course, at the time, it was good news to uh, to my wife then that I wanted to deal with something on my own. But she didn't know I secretly kind of had a plan to sabotage it. And so, like I said, once I got her out of the picture, I, um, you know, I just stopped going. Cause, and it purely came from the fact that I didn't want to confront it because I didn't want to give it up because it was very effective in what it was doing in my life, which was medicating pain. So there's several times that I had to go to counseling. And then once I actually got serious, serious with it, um, once I actually got to the point of, you know, enough's enough, you know, this medication is causing side effects that I don't like, and it was actually making the problem worse. Um, it was making everything worse. And so once I kind of dealt with that and actually got into counseling, I realized that counseling, you know, kind of helped me unpack, you know, the baggage that I had. It, it helped me unpack the, the junk that was in my trunk. Um, you can learn how to carry it different, but either way, there's some things that we're carrying around that we shouldn't be carrying around. And sometimes it takes talking with somebody to help unpack that, um, which unfortunately a lot of guys don't do very well, <laughs> which is why, you know, a lot of guys have the problems that we have is because we don't talk out stuff. We try to deal with things by ourselves and that sort of stuff. So, so the answer to the question, counseling helped me a lot in terms of, in terms of unpacking, you know, some of those bags that I shouldn't have been carrying in the first place. And if you unpack stuff and put stuff away, then you realize you don't have to carry stuff. And when you don't have to carry stuff, you realize there's actually more capacity as to what you can carry in life when you're not actually dealing with the stuff that you've been dealing with and the ways that you've been dealing with it. So counseling, I mean, it's helped me. It's helped me in some pretty significant ways. But like I said, hindsight being 2020, I can honestly say um, that I avoided it at times and even times even sabotaged it. And that was purely because I didn't want to give it up. My, you my, weren't ready yet. I wasn't ready. And you got to be ready. Yeah. I mean, you got to be ready. Now, you know, maybe some counselors or they'll take maybe some counselors. I'm not speaking for all of them, but you know, maybe they'd be happy to take your money for you to just come sit on their couch and just kind of whatever. I mean, they got bills. I ain't mad at them, you know, but you're wasting time if you're not ready. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of wives want the husbands to be ready, but if he ain't ready, then it is just going to be wasting time. When I was ready, it was very effective, but until I was ready, it was not effective at all. What, uh, what was the point that you, you realized you were ready? What made you say, oh, I'm ready now. I need to work on me. When my life became at question, when I got to the point of, okay, I can't live like this anymore. My life, I'm not going to last physically. I'm not going to be alive much longer if I don't deal with this. And so, you know, that night in the back of my car, you know, that, that I described in the book, um, you know, that period of time, I just knew it, was, it became a fight or flight kind of thing. It became a life or a death. Uh, I wish I could say that, you know, I wish I could say hindsight that my heart was somehow turned towards, you know, towards God or towards my wife or towards my kids. I wish I could tell you that it was something that it should have been that, that 
help change my mind or help change my heart. But quite honestly, in my case, um, it purely came down to, okay, I'm going to die. I'm going to end my life if I don't deal with this. And so I had to get to that point and realize that. So where you were ready, we've heard this a number of times is you've told parts of your story through, you know, here on the podcast. And that is you were at that place where you were just asking God, you know, or telling God, either you hate me or, um, I need to find a way out of this or you're going to show me a way out of this. Right. Um, so you found yourself at your absolute rock bottom. That's when you realized yeah. you were ready. And sometimes you got to get to rock bottom. Sometimes you got to get to, to the point you got to get to bedrock before you can lay a foundation before you can build a skyscraper. So sometimes you got to get to rock bottom. Sometimes the end of your rope is the beginning of your fuse. And, um, and so that's what it takes. And unfortunately that's what it takes because a lot of times, especially for a lot of guys, rock bottom means you've lost your family. <laughs> rock yeah. bottom means you're, you know, you're in court somewhere with somebody telling you how much child support you're going to have to pay and, and, and how much time you're not going to have your kids and, and you know, how much of your business you're going to have to give up and all those kinds of things. And normally that's rock bottom. And quite honestly, normally that's kind of too late to save the marriage. Um, so unfortunately we do have to hit rock bottom as, as guys, but in my case, that's kind of what it took. You get into that place of saying you're, you're ready. What, what about a, you, what would you tell somebody out there who's listening? And I know for a fact that there are wives that hear this and there are husbands, uh, guys that hear this too. Uh, so both, uh, sides of a marriage are hearing this podcast. Uh, what would you tell somebody, you know, if they're wondering, do they need counseling? Uh, what, what's something that would indicate that somebody needs some of that extra help? If you're asking the question, do I need counseling? You probably need counseling. <laughs> Period. Yeah. I mean, if that question exists, then the answer speaks for itself. That question ain't going to surface if things aren't to the point where the answer is yes. So quite, quite honestly, if you're asking the question, the answer is yes. And you know, things don't always have to be bad in life for you to do counseling. I mean, you can, you know, I mean, it's almost like, you know, your your car is not broken because you take it in to get an oil change. Sometimes it's just preventative maintenance. Sometimes, you know, life is just, just has a way. And especially in America, we live like in a in a stress ball. I mean, a stress hot tub. I mean, our, our culture is just all about stress, 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 go, go, go. And, you know, stress equals cortisol. And, and we end up coping or medicating that stress in some kind of way. And so there are a lot of things in our life that, we just need help professionally unpacking. And, you know, I mean, whether that goes to a lot of people nowadays have life coaches, hint, hint. Um, uh-huh. But, um, you know, that, you know, or like I said, full-on counseling, um, a lot of times it's just kind of helping you with preventative maintenance. It just kind of helps you get perspective and see where things are and and uh, and where things, where do you want to go and, and that sort of stuff. What about somebody who's who's in the mindset that says, "Okay, if I go to counseling, that tells that just proves that I'm uh, not fixable or broken, or in some way I'm a just I, there's the stigma part of it is what I'm trying to push back on here." The reality is, most of us are broken. If if you can look in the mirror and say you're not broken, you're probably the most broken. I mean, a, a lot of us, and broken is not even relative. I mean, so what about being broken? Maybe broken is not broken. Maybe broken is multiplied. Um, but, you know, the, the the stigma behind it is, quite honestly, it's just stupid. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of very high-end, high-performing people, you know, get help. I mean, a lot of corporate CEOs that are very successful, a lot of the very successful people, 
you know, Tony Robbins does coaching. I mean, and, I mean, I mean, a lot of people that are very successful in life do counseling and, and coaching and that sort of stuff. So, you know, the stigma behind it is just, it's dumb to, to be honest with you, because the fact that you go to somebody actually speaks more to your health than it does to your brokenness. The person that, you know, the person that, uh, is the worst kind of slave is the one that doesn't even realize they're a slave. And so the person that is the most broken is the one that, that doesn't even realize that they're broken. So the stigma is just something that we need to get over, especially as guys, especially as American guys, especially as, you know, just, you know, that, that alpha guy or whatever. I mean, it's just, it's dumb. And everybody around you probably knows that you're broken and, and you're probably the only one sitting there thinking that you're just fine. You're fiddling while the, while Rome is burning. Yeah. What would, what, what could somebody expect in a, a counseling session? Uh, most of the time, you know, you sit down and, and, you know, most counselors kind of have, they work in different ways and different techniques. Uh, some of them, I, I, and it generally speaking, that umbrella of coaching is cognitive therapy and cognitive therapy is the couch stuff. That's the unpacking kind of where you are and who you are and that sort of thing. And that's the couch work. And what I do, what we do is behavioral therapy, um, which is kind of the, the field work, I, I guess, in terms of, you know, in terms of life, life change and affecting life change. Um, and so cognitive therapy, you know, most of the time, you know, again, every counselor has their own tech techniques or methods and that kind of stuff. But, you know, the counseling that I know is, you know, you just kind of go in and most of the time you, you know, if you have a good counselor, they don't, you know, they don't kind of grill you. They grind, they kind of make you just see things for yourself, not even just providing answers, but just helping you find your own answers and helping you see in your own answers. Um, but most of the time it's just an unpacking of here's life and here's where things are. And the counselor that I, that I went to is uh, really being into Myers Briggs. And so, uh, and so, you know, he kind of used my personality type to kind of help me see how I see the world and help me relate to the world the way I see it. Um, but for the most part, it was just, you know, sitting down. Yeah, there was a couch. And um, matter of fact, he has two couches. Um, and, you know, it was just kind of unpacking life and unpacking where things are. And, you know, how do you, you know, how I might feel about that or, you know, how is that affecting this and that and that sort of thing. So um, and then, yeah, whatever techniques, I'm not a counselor, but whatever techniques, you know, they learn to do their Jedi mind tricks. Um <laughs> They just see a lot of people and know it works. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And th- th- again, it's one of those things that um it's one of those things that they, you know, they use their their methods to most of the good ones to help you see um or help you come to your own conclusions as opposed to sitting back and telling you what to do. Um and again, a lot of times just unpacking just, you know, just the exercise of going in and opening up to share your life or share your heart with somebody I found is kind of the magic in itself because that is practice in being vulnerable and it's practice in sharing and opening up and not living life alone. And so, I mean, that in itself can be just beneficial, just kind of going in and just, you can vent. I mean, obviously not be violent or nothing like that, but you know, you can just kind of vent and say, man, you know, and talk openly. And I mean, here's somebody that is, you know, for the most part unbiased, they don't really have a, you know, a dog in the hunt in terms of, um, you know, in terms of winning and losing and that sort of stuff. So you can just kind of unleash on, you know, how much things suck in your life and how much, 
you know, what things are good, what things are bad, what things are terrible, you know, what she did and said and what she won't do and what the kids did and said and what in the work and all that kind of stuff. It's just a, play, a great place to vent. Um, you know, we go to the gym to relieve stress and to get stuff off our chest. And, you know, counseling is almost like a mental or emotional or even a spiritual gym in terms of, man, you can really get some good stuff off your chest just to vent and just be like, man, speak however you want. <laughs> and this person probably won't get offended unless you're cussing them out. But, you know, right. this this person is not someone that is going to have a personal stake in anything that you're talking about. So it can definitely just be a release in that kind of way. Did it feel uh, risky at any points? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, it should feel risky. Um, when you, Whenever you open up, whenever you get vulnerable, it's going to feel risky, period. I mean, whenever you get vulnerable or transparent in a healthy way, it's going to feel risky. Um, you know, a good thing about counseling is they're legally bound to keep it to themselves. Like they cannot tell anyone, not even your spouse unless you give them permission. They cannot tell anyone anything you talk about legally. So, you know, that's the cool part of your business ain't going to get around in the streets. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be vulnerable and it's going to be risky. It's going to be, you know, maybe even scary to open up about some stuff, open up about your childhood traumas. Because, you know, a lot of times your wounds are not just self-induced. I mean, your your habits and your medication might be self-induced, but your wounds might be legit. Like this happened to me when I was young. And oh, what? Guess what? Because that happened to you while you were young, that actually makes you more susceptible to this and this and this and this and this. And so it's going to be vulnerable, but you know, the beauty of life is when you live in vulnerable. I mean, life gets good when you're able to live vulnerable and transparent, especially as a man. Oh yeah. Especially as a man. Would you recommend for, uh, for guys to have a counselor who's a guy? Oh man, I don't mind was, I know a lot of guys and I know, um, I know several counselors at this point personally, um, and professionally, um, and, you know, I know some guys that, that, you know, that one female counselor in particular, you know, she's very, very good at what she does. And I know guys that have seen her and, and say that she's very, very good at, at unpacking stuff. And, you know, probably when you go sit on a, a counselor's couch, you ain't going to tell them nothing they never heard before. I mean, if you tell them you just committed a crime or something like that, then, you know, I'm pretty sure they'd be obligated to, to do something about that. But, you know, man, you tell them, then they're not going to probably say, wow. I mean, between all of their professional work and interns and schooling and all that kind of stuff, man, they probably heard all that stuff. And so, you know, even from a female counselor, I mean, I know some guys that that say, you know, they can get a female perspective from, you know, which is different than theirs as a guy's perspective. Some guys might value that. Some guys might not. Cool part is if it ain't working for you, you can go find another counselor. Yeah. Uh, How? How long were you doing counseling to make it worth your while and to have it be effective? That's a good question, man. Um, you really, talking months? Yeah, it was months. Yeah, it, you, you're not gonna you're not gonna dig a ditch over thirty years and climb out of it in 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 a few weeks. I mean, it's one of them things that it's going to take time and it's a process. I mean, we want things to be instant. You're not going to sit down and have one conversation with a counselor and everything is going to be great. It's a process and you got to give it time to do its work. You got to put in work and you got to, you got to allow it to, you know, to cook. You know, this is right after Thanksgiving. You put that, first of all, I mean, you put that oven, that turkey in the oven, it's going to take a while to cook because it's big. But even before that, before you even put the turkey in the oven, most people, 
some people forget that you got to thaw that turkey out, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which, you know, thawing that turkey out can take days. I mean, if you do it right, you know, I mean, it should take days to thaw the turkey out before you can even cook it. So, you know, you, your turkey, you turkey, your turkey might be frozen such that it even takes time to thaw it out before you can even put it in the oven and cook it. Before you even put it in the oven to cook it, you got to season it, you got to prepare it, you got to clean it out, you got to get the giblets out, the bag and all that stuff. And, you know, so, I mean, it's it's a process and you got to give it time to, to let the process work. I wouldn't recommend jumping from counselor to counselor just because. Um, I mean, unless it, because again, it should be work. So it should be, you know, some effort and they should be challenging you and they should have, they should not be a yes person, you know, and just sitting there and, you know, telling you that you're great and, and you're not doing, there's nothing for you to, to work on or improve or anything like that. So, um, it's going to take time. And yeah, I would say for sure months and, from, and maybe even years, depending on the person, but for sure, absolutely months. Like regular, I'm not talking like once a month for two months. No, I'm talking like consistently. I mean, whatever the counselor recommends, but but consistently for you know a long period of time and without like a lot of uh, gaps, right? As, yeah. If if as much as possible. And then you know it's like how long? Well, how long does it take? You know, I mean, I don't know that there's a specific recipe. Counselor might now a good counselor like mine, you know, the one I went to, um, you know, he he doesn't have a mindset of I need to keep you in counseling forever. When it's like, I think we're good, man. Then we were good. <laughs> I mean, right. You know, and when I was off kind of the ship was out of the harbor and I was out, you know, sailing on the ocean. I mean, I think you're good. Just keep sailing. Um, you know, and now, I mean, he and I are, you know, kind of professional peers, if you will, in terms of referrals. He and I are both ha- actually on a, a board of of, uh, of an organization together and that sort of stuff. And so now we know each other kind of in a different capacity. But at the same time, you know, he wasn't trying to keep me in there forever. When, we, when it was good, we we're good. And, you know, it's time to move on to the next phase in life. Yeah, you were talking about characteristics of a counselor, and I was going to just ask what makes a good counselor from your perspective. I would think that, you know, someone that – or what should like what should a guy look for uh, in a counselor or, or you know, wife or a, I would say first of all if you if you're struggling with pornography it's good to ha- I mean it's good to um to look for a counselor with at least some experience with that maybe even some experience with addiction recovery only because there's a lot of addictive cycles that exist amongst people that are that are struggling if you want to use the word addiction a lot of people have problems with using the word addiction for me accepting the fact that I was addicted made it easier for me to, it freed up something for me to just accept that. But anyhow, someone that, well, that Hey, Hey, wait, let me, uh-oh. that's a good point. Uh, did you come to a place that, that counseling help you see that it, you were in an addiction cycle? Um, well, f- first of all, I, yeah, I shied away from that word. I grew up around addicts and substance abuse and that sort of stuff. So I hated the word addiction, especially when it came to, to porn and a lot of it just because I didn't want to accept it. I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to have that banner hanging over my head. I'm not an addict. I just can't stop looking at porn. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but you know, yeah, in terms of, in terms of that, there was, you know, me accepting that I had to realize that I had that cycle. I had that, that you, I use it. I hated that I used it. And the only way to hate that I used it was to medicate the shame and the guilt that I had. So the only way to medicate the shame and the guilt that I had was to use it again. And that just created a cycle over and over again I just lived somewhere in that cycle repeatedly. I was always somewhere on that journey. And that's, that's that way, 
you know, with, uh, with a lot of different addicts of a lot of different flavors. Did counseling help you kind of see that though? Yeah, it did. Um, I, I kind of was a seeker anyway. And so, um, and so kind of when I, you know, got on YouTube and you kind of listened to what a lot of professionals kind of had to say about the whole notion of addiction and that sort of thing, um, you know, that kind of, that opened the doors to me too. Um, so yeah, I would probably say some of the, maybe 50, 50 in terms of counseling versus me just kind of coming to that own conclusion myself. Um, just, just being a seeker and just learning and trying to learn and trying to gain perspective on where I was. Any other characteristics that you'd see a, a good counselor should have? Yeah, somebody that's a good listener. I mean, somebody obviously. Obviously. Most people are not going to be a counselor if they're not a good listener. Yeah. I mean. Successful counselor right. anyway. How long have they been counseling? That's maybe something to look at. But, yeah, whether they're a good listener and quite honestly, whether or not you kind of get along with this person or whether or not you can develop trust with this person. If you don't have trust for a counselor, you're wasting your time because you're not going to open up. If you're not going to open up, you're wasting your time. I mean, you are absolutely wasting time if you cannot open up to your counselor and just kind of say whatever or or be all of you. You're you're just wasting time. So somebody that you feel comfortable with, somebody that you can trust. And, you know, a lot of counselors and a lot of like insurances and that kind of stuff, they'll give you so many sessions with this counselor before you can, you know, move to another counselor and that sort of thing. But you got to be comfortable with it, you, with the person and you got to get a good feeling Um you know, and, you know, I would say in the beginning, maybe the first, you know, first session or two you go in there, you know, try to feel them out as well as to, you know, just kind of throw a bone out there. I mean, show them part of your vulnerability or, you know, kind of throw something out there and see how they handle it. If they freak out, if you tell them something personal and they freak out, it's probably not a good sign. Um, if you throw something out there and you just don't get a good feeling that they received it or they're preoccupied or they're not present in the room with you or whatever, then go somewhere else. I mean, but I think a lot of it comes down to, you know, just kind of your level of comfort and your level of trust with, with that with that counselor, obviously, you know, credentials and background and all that kind of stuff. I mean, if, if you're a person of faith, then maybe it's beneficial to have somebody that a counselor, that's also a faith-based counselor, um, yeah, that's, that's an important piece to think of as well. If that's important to you, yeah. uh, that needs to be at least a background that, uh, cause there's, there's specific categories of counselors who are Christian counselors, biblical right. counselors. Right. And there are people that don't want anything to do with anything biblical or Christian or faith-based or whatever. Right. And maybe you don't want to sit down with anybody that's going to bring up the Bible or talk about God or whatever. So that's something you need to consider. But I, personally, I think if faith is part of your background, if faith is part of your life, even if it's loosely a part of your life, you don't have to be, you know, scabby knees because you're on the floor praying all the time. I mean, but even if faith is even remotely part of your background, I would recommend, you know, a faith-based, I would recommend a Christian counselor, um, you know, just because, you know, your 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 spirit is as much a part of who you are as your mind. You know, there's your psychology, there's your neurology, there's also your theology. And so, uh, and then there's your physiology, which is, the off the couch kind of stuff. But so, yeah, if faith or Christianity or whatever, if faith is part of your background at all, I would, you know, I would consider going with somebody that has that same kind of general faith background. My counselor actually had a master's of divinity um, as far as degree uh, was concerned. And then he kind of took that into a counseling realm. But, um, but yeah, so I, I would consider that to be something that would be important as well. Yeah. Um, 
I'd say another couple of pieces to a good counselor would be someone who meets you where they are. Uh, I'm sorry, who meets you where you are, um, you know, in terms of um, they hear what you have to say and can meet you there to help move you in that place um, as well. And then another really important, and you've already alluded to this and talked about it, but another important skill a good counselor will have is not to make them dependent on their counseling. Uh, a good counselor should enable you, the client, yeah. to be able to um, better yourself, better yeah. yourself. I work in the world of uh, healthcare and physical therapy in my own experience personally, as well as um, seeing it done professionally, is to get people to actually walk themselves, actually stretch themselves, actually strengthen themselves. So um, I think that's another couple of really important pieces to good counseling. Yeah, it's kind of the same way with a personal trainer. I mean, in the gym, you know, it's not somebody that is just there to spot you. It's somebody that can teach you how to, you know, how to grow yourself. And so, yeah, I mean, you don't want somebody that you have to be dependent on. You want somebody that's going to teach you how to be independent. Yep. But grow healthily. You have any other thoughts on how counseling can help um, help a guy? No, I think I mean I, I would again, especially in the context of of uh, of this podcast. If there's a guy that's struggling with with pornography, man, you got to get into counseling. That's a great place to start, man. It's almost I would almost say it's it's mandatory. I mean, you have to because there's you know pornography is a medication. You don't medicate where there's no pain, and so you got to figure out. You got to get to the root of what that pain is to help you more easily stop medicating. And so, I mean, that's not just it. I would recommend more than just counseling. Um, but I think that's, that's absolutely part of the, part of the, the whole equation. You got to do it. Yep. Get out there, get a counselor. I can't remember the episode number off the top of my head, but we did a whole episode on why it's important to deal with pain. Yeah. And I'm seeing that's trending as one of our top listened to um, podcasts as well. Cause that's an important topic. Yeah. I also wanted to really quick, just, share and the importance or the, the difference between counseling and coaching. So my certification is as a life coach and uh, counseling interests me and it always has interested me in my professional life, but I haven't ever pursued it. But I have also learned that there is a difference between the two. Um, counseling, as Kirk has brought up a couple of times, you know, we're, we're talking about in therapy for that matter, you know, we're talking about the past. We're talking about how your past has influenced who you are today and what decisions have you made and what lifestyles and behaviors have you had in your life and habits because of your past wounds, decisions, uh, whatever it might be. And coaching on the other hand, uh, goes from the present forward. And so when I work with somebody, I want to look at how they are now, who they are now and see then what can we do to move you forward. Um, and that's my work as a coach is to help somebody not do it for them, but to see that they can move forward. And so to me, that's a huge difference between counseling and, and coaching is counseling looks backwards in life and coaching looks forwards in life, forward in life. And I also know as a coach that if there are issues that come up and someone can't move forward because of past issues, then I am definitely referring someone to to counseling. So just wanted to put that out there. If you're interested in coaching as well, that's an important piece um, in an a good coach will do the same thing. You know, you're supposed to do this yourself. You're the client is the one whose difference it's making. Yeah. And, and you know what we do, I mean, it, it kind of works hand in hand with counseling. I mean, I, yeah. just like you said, you know, with, with, with your coaching, it doesn't, it doesn't take the place of counseling, even, Not at all. even the, the class and any work that I do with guys in terms of 
in, in terms of getting free from porn. I recommend counseling because the two work hand in hand well, very well in terms of on the couch versus off the couch in terms of the past and the future and even the present. And so, yeah, I mean, I think a good thing to, to bring up is that they both, there's great overlap and there's great synergy and there is no conflict in, in getting help cognitive as well as behavioral. Yep. And again, I just want to reinforce that, um, you know, this is such an important issue today. Don't hesitate. If you feel like you need help, don't hesitate to get it. You just don't want to go down that path of not getting the help that you need. There's too many people out there who neglect getting the help they need. They pass a certain point and then they pull a trigger that they, um, you know, literally sometimes and figuratively often where they can make some bad decisions and affect a lot of people around them. So, um, that's mostly, in fact, uh, I wouldn't say a hundred percent. I can't know that for sure, but there's a huge chance it's because people just didn't get the help that they need. So any final thoughts on uh, the benefits of counseling for freedom? No, I think uh, one of the, I think I believe kind of like you just said, I believe that one of the, one of the uh, main reasons why a guy might get to the point of feeling like he needs to end his life is because he's not talking to somebody Yeah, because he's isolated. He's cut off and alone. I mean, suicide exists at the intersection of, of isolation and hopelessness. Yeah. And we're trying to project hope out there for you guys. And we want to make sure that you know that there's hope um, by listening to us, by reaching out to us. Um, and um, you can get to our website. You'll hear at the end of our podcast. So with that, this is episode 21 of the Free Indeed podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Free Indeed podcast. Visit freeindeed36.com for more resources with deeper information and upcoming events. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery.